Hey friends, I'm so excited to welcome you to season two of Deeper Still, the women's ministry podcast of Christ Church of Oak Brook. My name is Sue Ann Camfield. I serve on staff here at the church, and I have the privilege of being the host of Deeper Still, where we purposely fight through the chaotic and the mundane of our everyday lives to pay attention to what God is doing in and around us as He calls us into a deeper relationship with Himself and with one another. This season, we are going to be exploring a range of topics with some new voices and some new friends that I'm so excited to introduce you to in the weeks to come. So be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Christchurch Women to get all the latest and make sure you don't miss an episode. Well, as we record today, we are just a few days away from Mother's Day. And so I thought, what better way to kick off season two than to have an honest conversation about some of the highs and lows we've faced and our mothering journey through this crazy pandemic, and to just take a minute to consider what God might be teaching us through all of those things. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to make one caveat. You know, I considered inviting a parenting expert today to help me out, someone who knows more than I do, who could pull out some amazing statistics, maybe some advanced psychology or spiritual wisdom on how we should be thinking about all of this. But honestly, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that, you know what, that's not often how motherhood works. At least it's not how it's worked for me. The best things I have learned about motherhood, I have learned by having honest conversations with other moms who ask me good questions, who share wise advice, who are willing to be vulnerable about their own stories and their own struggles, and who continually point me to Jesus. And so friends, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to have an honest and authentic conversation about motherhood. To help me do that, I have in the studio with me today a dear friend of mine who has been in the motherhood trenches with me for the last 15 plus years. She has been a longtime member of Christ Church. She has served in a variety of capacities over the years here, including serving as a youth mentor, a women's small group leader, most recently in our Well Bible Study community. She has been in leadership in our Mothers of Preschoolers community. She's been a mentor mom, and she's most recently got installed at a deaconess. So she has just been a life-giving member of our wider church community, and she just jumps in to help wherever she can. She is the mom of four kiddos, ages 12 to 17, has been married to her husband, Mike, for 21 years. Um, And like I said, she is a gift to me personally. So please welcome to Deeper Still, my friend, sometimes my spiritual advisor, my lovely friend, Amy McCurry. Amy, it is so good to have you uh, here with me today. Well, thank you, Sue Ann. I feel just honored to be able to sit in your presence and talk to you about the, oh gosh, just the the journey of motherhood and the the sweet uh, memories and even our current day experiences that we have with one another. I know. We were just laughing because you and I are talkers. We love talking together about all manners of things. Like you are my deeper still friend. You are my friend who always wants to go deeper with me. And I I just love that about you and how fun it is that we have the privilege of doing that uh, for others to hear. And hopefully, I don't know, maybe they'll learn something today. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how the conversation goes, right? That's our hope, though. You know, Amy, I was thinking about um, the first time we met. Uh, Eric and I were new to Chicago. We didn't know a single soul. I was desperate for friends. Um, I actually was like starting to stalk people because we didn't know anybody. I was so lonely when we first moved here. And I thought, surely someone wants to be friends with me. And uh, you and Mike had a gathering at your house. Uh, Eric was on staff at the church. That's why we moved here. And so uh, he was doing his pastoral duties. I think he made you actually have the gathering at his house. (laughs) And uh, I remember you and I standing in your kitchen next to your calendar and I was like begging you on the inside anyway to say, uh, hey, would you would you just like to get together with me? And I remember you looking me dead in the eye and you just said in the way that you do, 
I would love to. And we stood at your calendar and you marked that on your calendar. And that was the beginning of, I feel like, what has been just this beautiful friendship we had. But I was laughing because do you remember I invited you over for lunch Mm -hmm. and you came over for lunch? Do you remember that day? Oh, I absolutely do. (laughs) Tell tell our listeners what a just perfect little lunch that was for us that day. Well, it did start off very perfectly because you had created a nice little lunch that she has always prepared her things in advance and have in the refrigerator. And you pulled out a really prepared, pretty wraps and salad. And we had our kids with us. So we were sitting down to get to know one another better. And... Um, Throughout that conversation, which was very delightful, we would hear and then see the kids running in and out of our uh, your kitchen or wherever we were eating in the eating yeah, room. Yeah, and they were like, I was thinking my kids were probably four and three, and I bet yours were maybe three and two at the probably. time. Probably, yep, mm-hmm. yep. And um, there were noises from above, and there were a lot of like loud jumping <laughs> and... Uh, we went up to see what was going on because that's what good moms do is go check on their kids when they're making very strange noises. And they were jumping from the chest of drawers in Sadie's room onto, <laughs> I think, a bed. But they had maybe moved the mattress off. I'm not really I even remembering this. But they yeah. were so little that it looked quite horrific to see them launching themselves <laughs> from that chest of drawers. And I don't know exactly how you got into it with with, um, the kids, but we were trying to redirect that kind of energy. (laughs) And I think you had a little bit of a difficult time with one of your children. Yes, who will remain nameless (laughs) right now, my strong-willed daughter, that is. Uh, It was a nightmare. I mean, that whole experience was such a nightmare. And I remember thinking... Uh, she's never going to come back to my house again. She's never going to want to be friends with me again. And quite the contrary. (laughs) Because in a moment like that, when you're not the one who's sweating it out, you're watching someone else do exactly what you know is going on (laughs) in your own life. And then it made it all the more better for us to do it again. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I wanted to share that story because it reminds me of what we're doing here today. Because like I said, neither of us are parenting experts. We are not some like, you know, social workers or counseling gurus or any of those things. But that's one of the beautiful things about motherhood and about friendship is that when you invite people into your story, you let them see a little bit of a window into your life. Mm -hmm. Right. And it helps. It helps us say, I'm not alone. There's other people that go through the same struggles that I do, and that it actually forges closer relationships and community when we invite other people into our story. And so that's just another reason I'm so thrilled that you agreed to be here today, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to invite people into our stories, and um, we're not going to cover, you know, you and I have ages of kids that's not going to cover every age or every circumstance, but we're going to invite people into our story today and a little bit about what you and I Hmm. have learned through this crazy, crazy year of pandemic life. Yes, it has. Yeah. So Amy, why don't you just start out by telling our audience, uh, give them a little snapshot of who, who is the McCurry family? Hmm. Well, I have, we have, our oldest is um, Micah and he is a 17 year old junior. And then um, we have a daughter that's 18 months younger than him, whose name is Abigail. And she is a sophomore at um, the same high school. And we have two middle schoolers. Noah is an eighth grader. And then Elizabeth is a tw- is, um, sixth grade. She's 12. <laughs> I always forget um, the last one's yeah. age. I'm I, the last of four child, the children. It's horrible. We, we're always the forgotten ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she makes herself pretty known, but <laughs> it is it is harder to remember all of the details. But um, I, I think in our in describing our household, I would not describe it as something that's pretty calm, quiet, or um, amicable at all time. But it's definitely busy in the sense of everyone doing their thing and there's rough and tumble there's lots of activity that they share and um, there's unique different personalities in our household that I really do think somehow complement one another and have also taken us down the road of a lot of learning Um, our oldest is a a very um, thoughtful uh, kind of introverted but yet becoming much more um, social in his older age. Um, And he has been the big brother of a sister who has Down syndrome. And so with having Abigail, who we 
most of us call Abby. I like the name Abigail. Uh, she is uh, she paves her own way. She is a very strong and independent young lady, uh, but she hasn't come you know through her 16 years of life without any. Um, bumps and bruises like anybody, but it does just give a different flavor to our family. And then her younger brother, Noah, is a huge champion of hers, um, often her translator and the one who will go to bat for her. And then Elizabeth being her sister, they have a unique relationship as well. So it just just changes a little bit of the face of our family and birth order and all those things that people study or want to know about. Um, so we've kind of, we learn every day as we go. Mm, yeah, as do we all, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Amy, what what did life look like pre-pandemic for the McCurry family? Well, you did ask me to um, reflect upon that. And I actually went back into my Google calendar and looked at what February of 2020, would that be? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and I was really surprised to see the long list on every single day of all the activities that we were involved in. Uh, the girls had dance. Uh, I had two in basketball. We had different class experiences, or it was kind of you know right after the holidays, so everything was up and running again. I had doctor's appointments and uh, lunch duty, and there were just the regular activities of a day, but definitely crammed in. And I know that we were. It was one of those where you just try to. I always think of our life as two jump ropes going and you want to jump in and not hit the jump rope as you're trying to do that crisscross jump rope dance. And it seemed like at the end of every day, it was either you stopped the rope and something happened. I always gave myself at least two major mistakes in a week um, or forgetting something major. But it was definitely a a higher stress, um, high treadmill, uh, you know, routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys were doing a pretty fast and hard sprint. Yeah. And I didn't trivial. even want to. I wasn't mm-hmm. one that praised that activity. I wasn't one that wanted to ever use the word busy in my life. I was conscious of what that sounded like to others. And I wanted to kind of live in the moment, but it was really hard even when you're mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to get sucked into all the stuff <laughs> that mm-hmm. we feel like we have to sign ourselves up for, sign our kids up for, all of those things. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that mm-hmm. in a little bit. But I think acknowledging that up right up front is, um, I think we all have felt that tension. Um, so it hit March 2020 and the world shut down, the pandemic came. Uh, tell me about what that experience was like for you guys. In retrospect, I think, it was almost like hearing a tornado was coming or there was like the calm before the storm, but it actually was in the reverse. Like all the crazy like storm was happening. And then we were getting snippets of this is going to shut down. Or, I mean, I was in the middle of trying to put together a pizza uh, contest at our school with all the different local pizza places. I mean, I was just in charge of trying to contact two of the 12, but we were running around trying to get the, vendors into the building. And then all of a sudden it became very clear that having a mass amount of people eating pizza in one location was probably not that great of an idea. And um, we also had some really important doctor's appointments that needed to be done in March. And I started being fearful that if in fact this, Mm. if we had the shutdown, I wouldn't be able to get something that had been on the calendar for months um, happening. So that all did kind of close down. We did get the doctor's appointment in. And then one by one, everything was going on to Zoom or the kids. I mean, they all just came home with backpacks one day mm-hmm. and that was it. They were home. Yeah. And I never thought at that point they would be home until, <laughs> until like last week. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody did. No. I remember very specifically. So my daughter, Sadie, was a senior um, last year when that happened. And one of her friends sent a video uh, that said, um, if this was my last day in high school. And I remember crying when I watched that and also saying to my daughter, that was not your last day of high school. Mm. And sure enough, it was. was. And I remember her saying, you know what, mom, if that was my last day, it was a good day. Oh, 
I know. Isn't that cool? But that just yeah. those things. And who would have thought, like I said, who would have thought I wouldn't have seen my child graduate or mm-hmm. all of the things that happened um, during that time. And I think we probably all can point to a moment or two. For uh, sure. That we, we, that will be forever frozen in time for us. I think that's partially why I don't know what age or grade my youngest is because she was a fifth grader and she missed all of the end of the year fifth grade activities. We missed the opening of a middle school experience. So she's kind of this floundering Mm. student that has not had typical education or even a good introduction to the next stage yet. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a whole challenge. Uh, yeah. I mean, so many kids that didn't get to end well, they didn't get to start well. And now how are we parenting through all that? I know that's not what we're talking mm-hmm. about today, but um, just a lot to think about. I, I think it also po- it points to some of the unique challenges that we've faced as moms and as, as families. And if we don't take a moment to stop and look back on those things, we just miss it. You know, we, we miss the things that... Um, maybe are really affecting us or that we need to consider that we haven't yet. So Mm -hmm. that's the other reason I I love that we're doing this. Um, So Amy, now here we are, fast forward to, uh, I was gonna say March, 2021, it's May, (laughs) 2021. Um, And just as you look back, what are, let's, we'll start with the the challenges first, or uh, what are some of the things that you've had to grieve over this last year? Well, I guess I don't need to necessarily repeat that end of fifth grade, but it just had a lot of missing pieces, just like you would as you experienced with the senior in high school. Um, And and as little as a clap out might sound to some people, it is a big deal for parents and for closure. And I I really did grieve at leaving because she was my last um, kiddo at our grade school who had been there since my oldest was, um, you know, started. I kind of look in hindsight and say I probably emotionally would rather have not gone through that closure. So having it not happen kind of was a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to cry to all the teachers and all that. But um, other things that I think we had to grieve were um, some of the social ramifications and some of the connections that our children had that ceased immediately. Uh, The learning environment was completely different. My... um, my daughter, who depended highly on mainstream education, was now learning biology behind a screen with a mother who didn't understand what she was like. I didn't even, I, I have a background in education. I just wasn't sure how to tweak or modify what she needed to learn. And that was just one out of the four at home. So I, I think just having the support systems, our church's support system, having the routine of other people kind of living into and being a sounding board uh, into the lives of our children, that became something I, mm-hmm. I grieved. And, and the relationships we had with other families. Mm-hmm. You do start to realize how much relationships are rubbing shoulders with people and elbows with people and just people you see in your everyday routines that all of a sudden when that's taken away, whether from us or for our children, how much that changes a piece of um, how we do our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And for the kiddos, uh, especially the school age kiddos, I mean, that is that is something that um, I think that's a worthy thing to, you know, grieve for sure. Um, and of course, we are talking, I just, I want to say this for our listeners, we are talking about school age children right now. You and I have very specific age children, but, you know, we know there are moms with kids who are younger mm-hmm. who, um have had to grieve different things as well as moms uh, who have older children who have had to grieve a whole different set of things. You know, I'm thinking of weddings that have been canceled and, and grandchildren that they weren't able to see newborn babies. They weren't able to hold all of these things, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what age or stage our children are and whether they're still in our house or we have launched them, there have been things we have had to grieve over this last year. Yeah, they, I even thought of the, when we saw the parks having all the no caution tape everywhere. Mm. I thought, oh, those poor moms that just want to get out and take their kids to the park. Can you imagine if no. our kids were? <laughs> no. So for all those moms out there that have little ones that had to sit them in front of a little screen to keep your sanity or get something done... Uh, we we all take our hats off to you. That's right. Amen <laughs> to that. Give yourself lots of grace. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I would have survived that phase of motherhood during a pandemic. I, d- right. I don't know how I would have right. done that. 
Um, so on the flip side, there are also things that we've embraced. There has been some really good things, I think, that have come out of what we've learned over the last year. Um, what have been some of the good things for you and your family? Honestly, Suyan, there have been a lot. And I think, um, as you know, because you and I tend to process things verbally and orally and, and reflect pretty well in the moment, I loved the, I loved time. I loved having the time to do what I might not otherwise have had the time to do. Uh, I remember being so excited right off the bat that I could make breakfast for all my kids and take it to them and have lunch orders. And the beginning was a honeymoon. And we, I really loved being able to have my kids present. I have, a, I'm in an age group where uh, typically high school and middle school kids are starting to jump the, what is it? the nest fly, fly the away nest. fly the nest <laughs> jump out and and i i love being with my kiddos and i'm a i'm a stay at home mom so they are really kind of what i focus um, a lot of my time around and when they were like forced to stay home with me like it or not we had some family time that i wouldn't have had otherwise so i i really liked being able to uh peel past the layers of the the who they have become because of what the world said for them to become and who the athlete, the student, the friend, and they became someone more vulnerable and more of their raw self just in the comfort and safety of our home. Mm -hmm. And in that space, which we don't usually have enough time to get to, lessons started getting learned or fights broke out, which were, you know, many. And we were able to work through problems that we wouldn't have had the time to do before. Mm. Um, we did play games. You know, we did make bread. We did a lot of the things that a lot of people did. I can't, it seems like forever ago now that yes. we all were, you know, there was a yeast shortage yeah. and, you know, we had What's puzzles. Really? And <laughs> puzzle short. Do you remember, I remember trying to find a puzzle yeah. on Amazon and they were like selling for like $200 on Amazon to find just a puzzle. I mean, what family doesn't, maybe, maybe not all families, but <laughs> not little ones because they'd be eating the pieces. But if you had a puzzle in your house this year, that was pretty normal. Mm. So I, I love being able to slow down. And I know going into what I saw coming, I didn't realize we weren't going to start in the fall. I didn't realize the continual grief and saying um, like no to a lot mm. of things like church camps and fall sports still went on. But there was a part of me that dreaded the, the world to get back to normal because I knew if I didn't do during this downtime, this like permanent timeout, I, if I didn't do the things that I thought were worthy of doing, I wouldn't do them if I couldn't do them now. Like mm. I, I mean, silly things, but also very important things. Um, taking our time with the kids at bedtime became, we've we've just had a, uh, made a habit of always saying goodnight and saying prayers with our kids, even the older ones. But that time became more of a discussion and more of a mm. con contemplative, is that the right way mm -hmm. to say that? Um, prayer time. Like, what do our prayers really mean? And we had, I think we went through a Lent, right? Yeah, we went through, we went through a whole year. <laughs> so all the diff different rhythms of holiday looked so different. Yeah. Taking communion in our backyard when another family mm -hmm. was present during a church service. I, we had, we took communion over iced tea and cookies that mm -hmm. were baked. You know, I, it, I think there's a lot of really neat memories that came from times that we might not have wished for. Yes. There is a piece of me who's almost longing for some of that back again, you know, having my, my kiddos home and that quality time and going for evening walks and not having to rush out the door, not having to get up at 5 a.m. and get everybody out the door and then be gone all day and go to meetings in the evening or run kids to activities or there's a piece of me that missed some of that, but just having this forced pause mm -hmm. in our schedules and not feeling the pressure to do all of that stuff and to say, oh, we're just gonna do yeah. puzzles and we're going to, all of those things that we have to do, there's part of me that wishes we could somehow do that for like six to eight weeks a year. Sure. Like every, I don't know what time, but like six weeks a year, let's just like shut it down. Now I say that also, my husband and I could still work 
it did not affect our livelihood. We did not, you know, right. my kids had internet, they could still go to school. So I, I also say that from a place of knowing that's a place of privilege, that not everybody could say, oh, this is so great to stay at home. And and we still have access to all of the things we need. So I, I just want to acknowledge that because I know it's a much different story if you drive into the city of Chicago or for people around the world who you know, couldn't, didn't get a paycheck because they couldn't go to work and all of those things. I just want to caveat that Mm -hmm. by saying I want to acknowledge that at the same time for, we can say for our families, it was just this sweet time of rest and connection. Mm -hmm. I agree. There, and in the midst of those moments, I think we did acknowledge knowing what was going on across the country. And there was a mixed feeling of, the should haves or the guilts or the um, wh- wh- should I sit in this space and be grateful? Yes. Um, and thankful for the circumstances I find myself in, but it, it did bring out an awareness of others' needs. I believe that there were a lot of different ways. I mean, when we started making masks, mm-hmm. do you, I mean, I remember yeah. when the girls in high school started making masks and they'd be left at some random front porch and everyone was getting masks and that was a kind of a community effort to reach people who needed them Mm. and the letters that my kiddos wrote to those who were living at the birches the the, um the retirement homes and the kids would ask what 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 do we say and i said just tell them we know that you're probably frightened Mm. and those activities that i think brought out some of um the the good parts of those of us living in a bit more of a resourceful environment. Yeah, yeah. And you know, here's the million dollar question, I think then, because you've already alluded to this. I hear it from both men and women and families I talk to that there is this um, creeping in of, I call it, Mm -hmm. I don't know, the waterfall or the like, I can feel the waters wanting to rush back in that I was drowning in before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I don't know how to stop it from happening. And I want to put my hands out and say, no, 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 I want, there. there's a piece of us, right, that wants life to go back to normal, whatever that may look like. We are mm-hmm. eager for things to come back, to start things up again. We are, that's already happening and we feel it. But yet there's also these things that we've been talking about that have been good, that have been valuable, that have been faith, you know, have centered our faith, that have done all of these things. And it's like, we want to hold on to those things and just put our hands up and say, no, 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 I don't want the water to overtake me again because these are good things. And I think that's the tension that so many moms and families are living in right now is we have a decision to make, right? We have a decision. Are we going to go back to, uh, to use your example, signing our, filling our calendars and signing our kids up for eight different activities every night of the week? Or are we going to look at those cherished moments? And you you named it so beautifully. You said, because we weren't doing all these things, we had time to have more uh, conversations. We had mm-hmm. time to connect with your teenagers. You know, um, how do we hold these two things in tension and, and find some of that, hold on to some of that goodness moving forward um, without, <laughs> you know, but also living in the reality mm-hmm. of the world we live in, especially in the Western suburbs. But I, I think it's pretty common to suburbs all over the country. Right. I, I think um, as we work through that tension or that fear of um, going back to the way we used to be when we know better is a little bit like going on a vacation and you enjoy even downsizing your environment into a small little hotel or whatever you're in and it's not that hard to clean up and everybody you play the games you don't have the uh, devices that you're on and and then you want to capture some of that when you go home you want some of that same vacation time when you go back home and realize you're back at home um we actually took a trip over the summer on our on an rv for um during the summer last summer the pandemic and McCurries don't really plan much. <laughs> you know that. Um, we really don't know what we're doing from one weekend to the next because things are just busy and things get canceled and someone gets sick and I learned early on to not commit. And that's not a good thing. I wouldn't use that as advice. But <laughs> we planned an RV trip this summer and we actually got to go on it. And by default, we went on a really good RV trip because everything was shut down and the plans that we should have made to like, you know, um, make a reservation somewhere wasn't necessary because everything was really closed. But 
we captured a, like a microscopic view of the pandemic in that RV. Mm-hmm. Like we had all that same time and all of those moments in close quarters and had to come back to our reality in Clarendon Hills and reapply the the RV experience and then discussed that on how this is going to affect us going back to the real world eventually when everything opens up. I I think that anyone who has, and that means everybody, everyone who has gone through this last year is in a moment of reflection. I think they can honestly say there at least was one relationship that gained from the time that we were given. Maybe not in the moment. Maybe it, Maybe it's somebody you wish that you didn't get stuck with. I know people who physically were in places that they couldn't leave and they were with the unexpected guest and they got to know each other. There's books now being fictitiously written about that. I, I think that the relationships that we had, that the knowing of someone deeper can carry on into the future in a way that really cannot be taken away. It, they're priceless moments that we had. And as long as I believe we verbalize them and live into them and still make those connections, even maybe in a smaller scale, we have all been permanently changed in a good way to just get the taste of one relationship that has been fruitful because of this this time, mm-hmm. um, even amidst all the losses. And so as we've moved forward, I don't want to lose my kids back to the social world, but it's good for them to be with their friends. And I don't want to re-sign them up for all of these activities, but they're hungry to be active and to be on a team again. I mean, the so I, if we can look at what the benefits are um, of all of that activity and focus on the benefits of sportsmanship, of learning in an environment where you're going to work collaboratively, uh, be in a, a neighborhood where you can take a meal to a family who's had a baby, all of those things that are coming back to reality are just, mm-hmm. they're part of our life. Mm-hmm. But the things that we learned that we can live without, let's live without them. Mm-hmm. Let's not worry about, I mean, I worry about like the travel sports. I took a year off and we all did. And I know that I kind of feel like somehow other families might have been behind the scenes, like working out really hard, or they picked up a new instrument to learn, or somehow they perfected like a foreign language. And I I imagine in my insecure mind that other moms were doing all these great things with their family at home during this time. And I wasn't. I cuddled. We prayed. We sang songs. We ate. We made bread. We slept in. We didn't change out of clothes for three days. You know, and I don't want to rob myself of that. I don't want to say, oh, you should have, because that's not healthy. And maybe I should have done something differently, but I didn't. And one of the things that my mother-in-law has taught me, um, that I think is just a lovely thing I say to myself all of the time. She's always said from the beginning, you know, you do what you can do in the moment that you're in it mm-hmm. with what you have and don't have regrets. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't want any regrets coming through this year. So we basked, 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 basked whatever, you, 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 whatever. Basked. Basked. We immersed ourselves. <laughs> there you go. In whatever we were in, in our reality. And everyone had different realities that they lived through. But, you know, that's something to take with you. And I think that's a really important point to acknowledge. Everyone did it different. And mm-hmm. there's grace and there's freedom in how we all chose to do the last year. Mm-hmm. Our families are different. We have different needs. We have different children. We have different grandparents. We have different socioeconomic backgrounds. I mean, um, so each story is unique. Each story should be unique. And I love what you just said, what your mother-in-law said about letting that be okay, what you chose to do during this last year, not comparing it to what another family chose to do, what another mom chose to do. Um, but letting that be enough. Mm-hmm. And what I love about what you said is you chose um, some of the deeper things. You chose character. You chose time. You t- chose connection over maybe getting ahead. Um, 
And I think that's that's a really important thing. That's a really wise lesson for us to learn because as things start to come back, and you even shared with me like that little bit of questioning and you just said it, like, what if I didn't do enough? What if my kids are going to be behind? And I think as women, that's just one of the lies we need to correct for each other to say you did what you could exactly as you were called to do. And on the coming out of this, um, what is, you know, what did our kids miss out on? They didn't miss out on time with their family. They didn't miss out on those important lessons. To what end, you know, all of those things that we think they didn't get better at this, or maybe they're, they're, and I get it, the schoolwork, I, I totally get it. And, and, and that um, feeling like our kids might be behind in school, I totally get it. But at the same time, everybody's in the same boat, right? Right. And so just just saying those truths to each other as women and as moms to not fall into those traps of comparison, of fear of missing out, of um, now your kid isn't going to get to be on that team they need to be on or get into the school they need to be in. Like, I know there's a balance in it, but I think we also need to speak truth into each other about those things. Yes, I, yes, we do. I, I, it's it's a there's a there is a, I'm feeling it I'm feeling mm-hmm. the struggle of saying yeah that's right because I feel I've been this last couple of weeks has been a very reflective like oh my goodness what did I do and where are my kids going and having one getting ready for college who's you know just junior year everyone notoriously knows it's a hard year to do and it's the year that you kind of show up and those juniors this year didn't have that opportunity. But I have to be mindful of that. That was everybody's junior year. But at the same time, does the world care? Mm-hmm. And I know they. I know it does. It doesn't. Whatever. I don't know. I just don't know what standard we're being marked against now. And I didn't really even think about that during this mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. I just lived in it, and and I loved it. But. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know. And it's, 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 I mean, both you and I are struggling to find the words to describe and even to, to say, what do we do with this? What do we do with this tension that we're feeling? But I think the important thing is, is to name it mm-hmm. and to talk about it with other women and other moms. And again, to not feed each other into that, well, yeah, now they're, beh- like I said, now they're behind. Now, um, all of those things that we think our kids aren't going to be successful, and these are my air quotes, on mm-hmm. what it, what does that even look like? What does that mean? And how do we go back to that which is truly important? And, you know, talking about how um, how God, what has God done in the work of them this year? What character have they developed? All of those things that we mm-hmm. so value and want to teach our children. What if we focus on those things over the last year and trust that God is going to take care of the rest? Right. And that's what we're taught to do. And those are the promises of God. So I I love knowing if I think not about the long-term goal that we're each setting for our child, whether they're going to make it or not, our long-term goal, in my mind, is more of an eternal perspective. I think of what I was called to do as a mom. Am I creating this young person to be somebody that loves the Lord, who is mindful of other people, who has just um, a, a long-term perspective also about making a footprint in this place that we you know, are living in, and also knowing where their, I guess their heavenly kingdom yeah. home may be. And it doesn't matter what school you get into or what team you make. And we know that. And I think that the reason there's that tension is that we found we knew that and we lived it this last year. Mm-hmm. And all of that was like lifted from us. All those pressures, all those was there was freedom. There's true freedom and none of that. And now we have to go back to reevaluating how do we have an eternal perspective within our regular routine. Yeah. And we also have to insert church. <laughs> That's the only thing that I that really um, is that we missed. Let's talk about that a little bit because um, you are not the only family that has struggled with that. You got used to having church at home in your PJs Mm -hmm. or maybe just having the kids sleep in or maybe starting to do yard work or uh, I'm not saying you did those things, but I'm just saying like those are the things that families also have struggled with. 
And now church is open. You know, we don't require registration. Y'all can come back to church. I know we're still working on getting uh, childcare for the, the little ones. Um, but it's hard once we've fallen out of that routine to come back and make it part. It's this vital community in our lives. And how do we, how do we make that part of what we're holding on to to go forward and not something that we've discarded because we've gotten into new habits during the pandemic? Where I see we, we are struggling is that our kids have changed and they're in different spots. For when church kind of stopped for us, we continued in our home in whatever way that our family, um, unique to us, kept incorporating deeper conversations. In many ways, we had more church talk and mm. very thoughtful conversations about God in our home um, on a daily basis because we were together and it just happens to be some of the vocabulary that we have in our house. And I think after the services that were a lot online, we were all together versus when we were here at church, everyone was in their own place and you always have that car ride home asking what they learned in church and nobody really volunteers too much to say, but when we were in the midst of together, now going back, everyone's a year older, everyone's lost a year of church and like any habit, which church shouldn't be a habit, but it is part of routine, we've lived without it. So it's actually, for the first time in my parenting life, I, I don't know what it feels like to force somebody mm. to come to church because they they don't know anyone anymore. They've switched grades. They've they've gotten used to, oh, can't we just live stream it, mom? <laughs> you know, mm. and I'm like, well, why not? We so we're really looking forward to this summer to see whatever that world looks like for us. I I hate to say I'm going to make everyone go, but I feel like there has to be some expectation and reminding our children at least of what we find most important in our life. And it's not the religious part of it, but where is God in your life in the house or in church? And how did we, how do we grow that relationship? Well, we grow it with in our family and in discussions and reading scripture together, but it's even more important that you have the community that encourages you through all of the stages in life. Cause let's face it, this reality of the pandemic isn't going to be the next, you know, the way the next year is. So we need to teach them how to get back into community and healthy community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about intentionality. With all of these things that we're talking about, it is about what are we going to be intentional with moving forward? What What is important to us? What are our values? What are those things we're drawing a, a stake in the no, we're drawing a line in the sand. Yeah. We're putting a stake in there. We are not doing well with well, our metaphors. don't work for me ever, so it's okay. <laughs> but what are those things moving forward that we are we're not going to get lost? The boundaries that we're going to hold, the the um, the things that we are going to make important and valuable in our family life, and where does church and faith fit into that? And uh, you know, I'm speaking as someone who's on staff at a church, right? But in my mind, that's a, that's a non-negotiable, right? Right. There's great things because we're live streaming and we can stay home, and I'm not I'm not against any of that. But do you have your community? Do you have that rhythm? And are you establishing those habits in your family life that tell your kids this is important? This is part of who we are. And to the flip side, it's not just happening at church on Sunday mornings. It's not just because you show up at worship, but because you're having conversations, because you're also doing things to be intentional throughout your week and 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 having those conversations that you said you've, you know, the, the communion in your backyard. I mean, what a beautiful picture that is of people who um, do faith. They do their life with Jesus because it's part of who you are. And so how do you grab onto that and move forward both in community as well as so in community on Sunday mornings, as well as Monday through Saturday, as you cling to each other as a family. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I mm. think it's acknowledging. I mean, everything we're talking about today, you and I don't really have the answers, but we're acknowledging as a family, as parents, as grandparents, acknowledge what is important. Be right. intentional about the path you want to carve forward. And and do it and and know know um, know the values that you want sure. to have in your family, 
and and be about that. Take what you've learned over this last year and make the changes you need to make in order to um, hold on to those things that we've said are so valuable and important. Mm-hmm. I agree. There, There is that time still. My goodness, we're still in a pandemic. We still are limited to what we are able to do yet. And by no means are we already set in stone on how it's supposed to, how we're going to have to live our summer. So now we can thoughtfully evaluate and prayerfully go through our potential signups and say, is this going to bring me life? Is this going to tap into the spots that God has um, shown me this year that are my, uh, my, my spots that he's given me purpose for? I think yeah. that as we've spent so much time alone with ourselves or with some dear friends, we've also been alone with God. And I think that, at least for me, I've been able to recognize the way he has wired me because those are the true things I decided I wanted to do this last year. I may not have been um, forced to do certain things that I signed up for, but, and we all have to do things we don't want to do. But I do think we had discovered, I discovered with my kids and with myself and with my husband, what worked for us in our relationship with God and how he created us to fulfill sharing his love Mm. to others in the community or in our um, household. Yeah, 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 I love that. That's such an important reminder. Um, Amy, what other words of just encouragement uh, to moms out there might you have or just some other reflections uh, that you have thought of that maybe we haven't gotten around to talking about yet? The relationship with people, for me, um, I I learned that just a little bit of time, it's kind of like feeding the 5,000. I feel like you, is it 5,000, right? Yeah, we just <laughs> even heard about that. Um, like, so there, with a little time, God can multiply that. And with intentionality, I love that word, we really do reap the fruits of that um, of that time spent with with people. I had just an accidental and then became deliberate walk with my dad uh, this last what well, was a year ago, and I realized that he walked uh, my parents' dog at a certain time of the day, and I was always walking my dog, and I decided to meet up with him at one point, and then. In a few weeks from that point, we decided to meet every day at 3.15. And for a year, now we've made a few adjustments um, due to doctor's appointments or rain, but we even walked through the snow. Mm. I had one block. It was a long block, but I had one block with my dad every day. And I have had a, a great relationship with my dad. It's been sweet. It's been full of God. It's But it's been very... It lacked the verbal connection that my mom and I always have. We chit chat, we talk, we catch up, we talk every day, we, you know, talk to you later. And my dad and I just needed to be in each other's presence. And that was all I ever thought that needed. You know, that was my dad. And having a block of time, literally, Mm -hmm. uh, with him, I started, we started talking about things that I never knew. And I got to ask questions and hear stories and pick up from where we be left off the day before. And you don't really think a 10-minute period or 20 every day is going to make that big of a difference, but it has made a surmountable difference with my relationship with my dad. It has changed how I think about him. It has changed our our discussion of our purposes. It has... Um, it didn't dis- not include my mom, but it, it really um, defined my dad and I versus my mom, me, and then my dad. Mm. Um, and I see them in a different light. It has, I, I, it's priceless. And so then my kids saw some of that. And my daughter now walks, you know, my brother's dog. And we'll meet up with my dad at a different t- part of the day. And I, I just think that we oftentimes look forward to those vacations or those reunions or those times that we set aside to catch up. And if anyone's like me, a lot of those catch-up things don't happen. You know, how many best friends do you have that you think we've got to get coffee or there's a moment that we're going to all come together in the season of X, Y, or Z? And you may even do that, but does that um, deepen your relationship as much as a day-to-day 
uh, intentional conversation. Mm -hmm. And so not that you can reconnect with everybody, and we do have Facebook for those kinds of things, but who are the people in your life? Who are the moms or the brothers or sisters or your children, your grandparents that you can not put aside one more day because you don't know what tomorrow brings. I just loved living in the rhythm of today for this last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I I love it. And I would recommend whoever those people are, just spend that extra minute, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's such a beautiful image and such a beautiful word to leave us on today. And I, I want to remind the women listening out there too that not only... Um, should they create that time in any of the relationships that are so important, but to remind them that they contribute so much to those relationships when people are in their presence, when you're in the presence of your children, when you're in the presence of your, your friends, um, of your babysitters, of your neighbor, neighbor, like when you are just fully present and intentional with that time and that space, Uh, I think one of the things that women have struggled with, especially moms, maybe over this last year is just not seeing, not feeling maybe seen and valued and like what they're doing matters. And I just want to remind them that what they do matters, not only what they do matters, but who they are matters. It matters to other people and it matters to God. And so when we create those intentional spaces to be Mm -hmm. with others, like you just so beautifully said, we're giving people a gift (laughs) of our presence and how God is uniquely created and wired and, and made you to, to, to be with other people. And I want women to hear that today and know that they have something to give that is valuable to this world. And, and I hope that moving forward, whatever pandemic or post pandemic life looks like for each and every one of them, that they will be reminded of that truth today because we're not going to get all the answers right or wrong. We're not going to raise perfect children. We're going to we're going to mess it all up. But God calls us to be faithful and to be exactly who he's created us to be in those spaces. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good word to end on today. So Amy, thanks so much for being with me today. It has been a joy to have you. Thank you very much. Well, friends, I know we are all in different places in our faith journey and our motherhood journey. I know some of you listening might be single or newly married or maybe well into your journey and motherhood has not even been part of your story. I know that sometimes that makes Mother's Day just this strange and weird uh, day, but I hope that you heard us today. I think this conversation transcends wherever we're at in the journey. So no matter where you find yourselves, just know we are so glad you joined us today. We are in this thing together. And my hope and my prayer for all of us is that we will remember to often pause and reflect on those things that God has been teaching us and find ways to carry those things into whatever our day holds, our week holds, or the next season holds ahead of us. And for all you moms out there, we do see you. We love you. We think you're amazing. We are always cheering you on. And so happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. Hey, before we go today, I just want to extend a personal invitation to our worship services coming up this weekend. We have a special Saturday evening service at 4.45 p.m. in our parking lot that's tailored especially to families, even though anyone can come. At 4 o'clock, we're going to do some photos. I think we have a photographer on hand. Um, And I actually have the privilege of sharing just a brief message at that service. But just know, invite your friends, your family, come on out for that. And then our senior pastor, Dan Meyer, will be preaching at all of our Sunday morning services. And so we would love for you always to join us for worship, either online or in person. We'd love to see you. So for now, uh, I hope you enjoy your day. Go, like I said, be awesome. And don't forget to pay attention to how God is calling you to go deeper still with him and with others in your life today. We will see you back here again real soon.